welcome to the Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams. The heart behind Kindled is to help moms use their gifts for God's glory and their good. We'll chat with real women who are learning how to do this very thing as they navigate motherhood, work, and the grace we need for both. This heart-to-heart is always had over a cup of coffee and usually paired with a business pep talk. We hope you'll find practical advice and the encouragement you need to work well and live more. Hi there. Today on episode 18 of Kindled, I'm chatting with Jackie Ayers. Jackie is the owner and designer behind a company called Dietology. She hand dyes high quality garments and is based in Columbus, Ohio. I met Jackie on good old Instagram and was inspired by her story. I think you will be too. Don't miss the end of this interview when I announce a giveaway of one of Jackie's items, and it happens to be my favorite at the end of this conversation. We could have literally talked for hours, and we did. It ended up being an hour and a half plus, and so I had to split this up into two episodes, and I'll be releasing the second portion as a bonus episode tomorrow. Lastly, I want to say, if you're not following me over on Instagram, head over to Kindled Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and you'll find me there sharing encouragement, resources for growing your business, and I would love to hear from you and just say hi to you. So go join me over there. Here's my conversation with Jackie. Yeah. Can you just tell everybody about yourself and who you are and what you do? Sure. Well, Haley, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, my name is Jackie Ayers, and I am the owner and designer of Dietology. And Dietology is a line of hand-dyed women's accessories and apparels using, we use natural fibers like linen, cotton, silk, and rayon. So everything's really soft and it feels good on. Mm, that's awesome. And how did you get started in this business? Because I, I know you have a unique story. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's been some twists and turns along the way. Um, I actually went to school for fashion design and right out of school, then I started working, um, in corporate, like for a big company. Um, I am located in Columbus, Ohio, and we're very blessed here that, um, we're, we have a hub of fashion companies just because um, Lex Wexner headquartered the limited and all the offshoots like Victoria's secret. At one time they owned mm-hmm. Abercrombie Lane Bryant. Like we have this great fashion hub. So mm-hmm. when I landed in Columbus and finished my fashion design degree here, I was very lucky that, you know, there was a lot of work opportunities. So I spent 17 years in corporate um, designing for, I started at Bath and Body Works and then I went to Lane Bryant And then I went, my last, um, my most recent when I was still in corporate was for 31 Gifts. And it was great. I got to design everything from handbags, accessories, personal care accessories, um, denim. I designed, um, I was over casual woven soprets, outerwear, activewear, while I was at Lane Bryant. And then um, at 31, I was over the design team that designed the prints and patterns for everything. And then as well as like for 31, it was the handbags and accessories and storage and thermal and everything that they offer. Um, So I did that for 17 years, but I had also started my business um, is it's, it started four years ago, but Haley, I'll be honest. Like when I say it started four years ago, it wasn't like, Oh my gosh, I have a business. I have a business plan. And then the next day, like 
my business was launched. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say, um, it was a very gradual iteration of a business. Um, even though I was in a creative field, I mean, I was in a design field. I was doing, you know, what I wanted set out to do, meaning I got my fashion design degree. I was working in fashion. Um, but I was really wanting a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may sound funny to someone listening, like, well, you were in a creative job. You, and it wasn't like I was working at a bank or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but working in corporate, it's in, in a design capacity. It's very different than someone may think, um, you know, you're designing for a brand and maintaining their integrity and their vision. Um, and also everyone has a lot of opinions. Like I don't like that blue stitching. I want purple, you know? So by the time that you design something and it goes through the whole channel, you know, it's really, um, kind of morphs and changes and then becomes a combination of, you know, everyone in the organization's, um, ideas. Mm -hmm. So I was really like feeling not creative, like just kind of, you know, not going through the motions, but just not, I didn't feel creative. I think just because a lot of it is dictated and, Mm -hmm. and changes, it's not your original design. And then the other thing too, I was spending all day on a computer, you know, you do every technology is great, but I felt like just sitting at the computer all day, I was like, I really want to have a creative outlet and really have something like hands on. Mm -hmm. And when I was in um, getting my fashion design degree, I had several years of surface design classes and surface design. Like we learned everything from hand dyeing, screen printing, batiking, you know, like anything with fabric. And I really enjoyed it. I had, when it came time to do my senior collection, we had to do like seven, I think it was like seven complete outfits. I hand dyed most of the fabric. So it was something I really enjoyed doing. But then, you know, I graduated, had a job and went on the corporate route. Um, cause at the time I didn't want my own business when I graduated college, I was mm-hmm. just like, I want a job. I want you know, I want to make money. I had student loans. Yeah. I was like, I gotta, and, um, just as a side note too, I was, I was kind of not the traditional student, meaning, um, my husband and I got married when we were super young. He mm-hmm. was in the military. He was, we were 19. And so, wow. um, when I, when we landed in Columbus, I had already had one degree, which I had gotten when he was down, um, when we were stationed in the military and just kind of like, I need to get a degree in something cause I couldn't finish my fashion design degree there. Um, so basically when we came up here, like we had, I had already gotten a degree, we had a house, we had a mortgage, we had car payments. Like I wasn't a traditional student in the sense of like going to school when I was 19. And so I really wanted a job. I wanted that stability. I had student loans to pay. I had a mortgage. I had, you know, I had stuff, I had money obligations. So doing my own thing, my own thing, I was like, no, 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 I need to mm-hmm. just go forward. Um, so yeah, it was funny how the business started. And I, again, I didn't set out for it as a business, but um, the first year that I did it, um, I had had to dust back off my surface design books and experiment and relearn and learn new techniques. And then as I did it, you know, I was making gifts for friends and family that Christmas. Um, and then I started making more and you know, kind of got to the point where my friends and family are like, well, what are you going to do with all this stuff? Cause you start to get a lot of stuff, a lot of materials, a lot of supplies. And then I started selling gradually. Um, and this was all while I was working. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so I started doing local shows and then that morphed into, um, I first launched on Etsy cause mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, this is cool. I, I can launch on Etsy and I don't need to know how to do a website or anything like that. Right. Right. Um, and, and I think Etsy is amazing to start out on just because, um, it's low risk. And as far as the time involvement, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to use. And it was the right time. I mean, I was super busy juggling just, you know, so what year did you get onto Etsy? I'm curious. Um, I actually got onto Etsy. I think it was January of 2015. Okay. When I got onto Etsy. Okay. Wow. And that's then, that's pretty recent. Cause it, yeah. Uh, that's how I got started too. In my, oh, really? my other business, I have a couple of businesses, but my, my yes, first one right. was the bridal accessories. And I started on there in 2011. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I will, we'll have to get back, circle back to Etsy in a minute, but yeah. So yeah, so you're saying it's, you got started and it was low risk and good. to Yeah. Get I mean, it was a great place to have, um, it was a great place to be able to have like my um, items out on the web without like designing my own website. But then um, after I was out on Etsy, you know, I learned that, you know, your customers really aren't your own, meaning like you can't just contact their Etsy customers. Um, and then I was learning just the importance of you need an email list. And it's like, well, you can't build an email list off of Etsy. Right. Um, and then I also learned too, that you're at the mercy of, I had some issues getting paid from Etsy and I don't, I mean, no, just some glitches and issues with, um, yeah. you know, payments processing. And then I think it's just when you realize some of those things, it's like, ah, uh, I kind of want like more control over this. Yeah. So then I had been out on Etsy maybe a year and three months or something. And then that's when I was like, okay, I need my, my own standalone website. I'll still have some things on Etsy just for, you know, there's so many people that go to Etsy and shop, you know? Um, but on the other hand, Etsy has grown so much that Mm -hmm. you're a needle in a haystack and it's really hard to get found. I found even if your tags and titles and all that Mm -hmm. wonderful SEO, because there's so many people that pay for ads, you know, it's kind of like trying to get on the first page, page of Google. It's, it's really difficult. Um, and so saturated, I, yeah, with design. Oh, it's so it's so saturated, and I think yeah. too, it's hard. I found with Etsy, maybe this was your experience, Haley. Like, people kind of price shop on Etsy. So even though, like, like I use natural fibers for my items because I love the way they feel, they dye better, and they're good quality. But like, let's say I had a scarf out there, and someone pulled up hand dyed scarf and mine's more expensive than like the 20 others out there, people just kind of price shop like, Oh, well, why do I want to buy that one? If it's $10 more than, yeah. you know, if somebody didn't know you from Apple, you know, from Adam, right, right. you know, cause it, it so, kind of turns you into a commodity. Exactly. So Etsy's yeah. good, but I, you yeah. know, and again, um, I think everything's a stepping stone. So I'm really glad that I did it that way just because mm-hmm. I think I would have been overwhelmed had right. somebody said, okay, you're going to launch a business. You need a website. You yeah. need all this. I would have been like, no, no, like that's not the purpose of all that. So I think right. it was just some, it was some gradual stepping stones, which was, um, yeah. I feel for me in retrospect, I, I, I'm lucky, I guess the way that it kind of unfurled mm-hmm. because I did it at a pace where I was controlling it and had somebody said, you know, oh, you're going to open a business and you're going to need a marketing plan and a content calendar and know your SEO and face. I would have been like, 
I would have been like a deer in the headlights and shut down. So yeah. And plus too, I think as you get into your business, you can juggle more. And, you know, with my schedule was really demanding at work. I mean, it's not um, in corporate, you know, retail design, you know, you're not working nine to five or even eight to five. So the hours were really demanding. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was fitting in my business, you know, after I would come home and take care of my son, we have, have he's, he's 12 now, but you know, I'm married and have a son and, you know, they take priorities. So, you know, I was really fitting this in at night, um, for however much time I could fit in. And then on the weekends, it was awesome because then I was like, okay, I have all Saturday and Sunday to, you know, work. Mm -hmm. Um, so that is really, how I started and it just really grew and evolved over time. Um, because mm-hmm. while I was also selling on Etsy, um, Columbus has a really great art scene. And so we, had, there's so many like local art shows and art events that I was selling in person too, um, which was also a great way to get validation of the product and meet people and get real-time feedback too. Like why Mm -hmm. is no one buying this style versus, you know, and Mm -hmm. a great opportunity. So um, things were kind of pacing each other, meaning like my in-person events, getting out on Etsy, like everything was just kind of falling into place. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you say that about the in-person events because, and, and I wonder, you know, um, I can kind of geek out on this type of topic because yeah, okay. I have a very similar story to you as far as started a business while I was working full time, started on Etsy, yeah. you know, it's cheap yeah. the list. You're like 20 yeah. cents. Like, why would yeah. I not? You know? Yeah. Like, there's, there's no risk. There, at there's all. no risk at all. Yeah. Just your pride. If something doesn't sell. And, <laughs> yes, um, you're so right. I mean, and, did, yeah. and didn't you think when you first set up your shop that like, once you like click that go button, that everything was just yeah. going to sell. Right. Like, come on. That's what you do. You put it out there and it's just going to sell. Yeah. And then that's like a big wake up call. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I posted like one item and then I, you know, I, I had a, just taken pictures of what I had made for my bridesmaids and take, you know, take that picture, put it online, decide a price and it actually sold. And so I only had like one or two things. And then I was like, Oh, okay this is like legit. I can actually make money on this while I, you know, I'm, I have a full-time job, but I can come home at night and go do this. And, um, but you know, as you expand, of course, then you, you find what sells, what doesn't sell. And you, you know, it's always a, a learning process. You iterate. Of course. Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think what I was, what I was originally going to say was the in-person element of starting that business. Um, do you, do you look back, you said, you know, they both kind of contributed Etsy and the, the doing that, um, the event that was local, mm-hmm. getting some visibility. Yeah. I think what I see a lot of times when people get frustrated with trying to start a business online is they kind of think like, it's all just going to live on Etsy and it's all just going to like somehow, like you said, magically take off on its own. Um, yeah. I actually used to teach Etsy classes. Locally oh my goodness. To, That's to amazing. Like, artisans and and a lot of them were actually seniors who were trying to start businesses because they had like a fixed income. And so they were trying to take their craft and, um, you know, and turn it into some extra money. And, um, and they were just like, well, why isn't this isn't working? I don't, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And that is so frustrating. It's hard because you know, it's like, Oh, no big deal. You only have to get everything right. And then when the perfect, <laughs> when everything aligns and the photos are good and the description and the meta tags and the keywords and the titles Ugh. and all of it's right, then maybe you'll get a sale, you know? And 
that's hard to tell someone. Um, it's really frustrating. And so yeah. in some ways, um, in some ways, the in-person shows are a little easier, meaning like, because mm-hmm. all your items are there, people can touch and feel and see them. Mm-hmm. So your prices usually are validated because people can touch and feel mm-hmm. it. So they're like, okay, yeah, this seems, you know, like a good right price to quality type of, you know, relationship. Um, so I'm so glad that I was really just going blind and mm-hmm. I was doing the in-person events. I think before, if I remember before I was on Etsy and mm-hmm. I was like, I need a avenue to sell. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the Etsy came, you know, shortly after, but, um, yeah, in some ways the in-person events are easier just because mm-hmm. of if the event has a lot of people, you know, then of course they're filtering through. And so it's automatic traffic versus, you know, trying to get website traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, and see, you know, reaction to your stuff too. Like, yeah. like you see what they love and you're like, Oh, okay. That's what, that's why you like this. Now I know next time I go to create this, like you want more pink or whatever. Exactly. And I think as a creative, like we love that validation because yeah. we're usually putting our heart and soul into it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you want people obviously to like your items that you're making. That's why mm-hmm. we do it. Um, or at least most creatives or most people that develop a product, it's because they like it. They want others to like it. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, the in-person events are hard. I mean, you set up early, you stand there all day on your feet, um, you know, and then at the end of the day, it's time to re tear down everything, load it back in the car, come home and then load it back in the house. And Mm -hmm. um, you know, so they're, they're physically hard um, just because they're long days, but the trade-off is you get to meet a lot of great people. You get validation of your business and your items and you learn a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, just talking to people, people, you, it's a great way to learn your customer. Like mm-hmm. if you're hearing just conversations about, you know, women coming in and they're talking about their gardens all the time or that they're going to yoga, like you, you start to paint the picture of that customer profile, which can be really hard, um, mm-hmm. you know, starting out. I know for me, um, when I was first starting out and then learning, you know, through business classes that you need to really come up with a customer profile. I'm like, well, oh my gosh, like that's like throwing a dart at a dartboard. Like, well, what do you mean? How do you figure it out? And you have to do a lot of research. Like where does she shop? What does she, you know, do for her entertainment? What does she like to read? Is she a book reader? Is she out on Kindle? You know, so the in-person events are great for information mining. You know, what are you, what are you up to this weekend? Oh, we're going to my kids, you know, dance recital. And then I'm going to go to a pottery class or, you know, it's, Uh they're great to kind of get that Intel that as a business owner, like it's, it's really important to get to know your customers and totally. Yeah. Yeah. So how long, when you got started while you were working, um, how long did that transition take you to kind of get get off the ground, whatever that looked like, whatever you would say your start point is to actually leaving your corporate career. Oh, okay. So from start until when I left, I would say it was, um, it was about three and a half, three and a half years. Okay. About three and a half years. Um, and like I said, it had been a gradual transition as far as like me building, like, I feel like I've had several launches, meaning like 
the first time, like if I consider Etsy, like the first Mm -hmm. platform I launched on, and then I launched my own website, but then, you know, a year after that I launched, I switched platforms. Um, I switched to Shopify, Mm -hmm. um, which was more complicated to use, but it was much better for the retail aspect. So, you know, I feel like I've, but, and I will tell you, I feel like my website looks a lot better on the Shopify platform and some of their templates that they have than the other platform that I'd come from. So again, it's just kind of like leveling up. Um, and then I think Haley too, it was great because I was learning, I was kind of getting proof of concept, meaning like, can this business, can this even really be a business versus a hobby? And there's some serious hobbyists out there as Mm -hmm. far as like something that they do every weekend or, you know, sell, you know, sell online all year. Um, but I think for me, it was great to get that validation and Mm -hmm. proof of concept. And then what was happening is, um, my business was picking up steam and, there were several reasons why I decided to jump ship is um, my business was getting busier, Mm -hmm. progressively getting busier. And I was really at the point where I knew there was a lot that I wasn't attending to in my business, meaning like all kind of like the marketing and all the email marketing. And, you know, a lot of that, that um, the business side of things that you really need to be doing on a consistent basis to be successful So it was at the point where I needed to either keep it just as a sometime kind of hobby, like, okay, I'll do a couple shows a year. I'll sell when I can, like maybe have a few listings or, or whatever, or I needed to hire someone to really put the effort into the business. Mm -hmm. So I was at a crossroads there and because I, I was literally working 24 seven between my corporate day job and then coming home and working. And then as you know, most selling events like shows are on the weekend. And so, I mean, I literally was working 24 seven. And um, so it had just gotten to a point where I look back now that I'm focusing on my business a hundred percent. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like how was I even doing that? Like that was not, it was nuts. It was totally nuts. Yeah. And I think the other big decision point for me in leaving was, um, yes, the business was growing and busy. Um, my son who just turned 12, he, so he's in sixth grade this year and, um, he had been in a private Christian school from K through fifth grade and it was awesome. And it was small, like his whole school maybe had like 300 kids. So it was like this perfect tiny little bubble and like, they didn't even have busing. So we, I took them every day mm-hmm. and it was just really small and amazing. Well, we knew long-term just cause um, financially, like we, we wouldn't be able to afford like the high school that he would transition into in the Christian education system here um, just because of the cost. So we knew at some point that we, to make the transition that middle school, we would just put him in our, in our public school. Mm -hmm. And so this was the year that that was happening and his middle school, just to put into context, his middle school for three grades has a thousand kids and his whole school that he was in before K through whatever had 300 kids, like just for all those grades. So 
I really had a lot of anxiety. I was like, oh my gosh, like he's going to get bullied. He's going to get, you know, he was just in this perfect little bubble of, and it was amazing. But, um, I went to high school to school like that. So I get it. Yeah, it was amazing. And we didn't necessarily want to do it, but you know, we had to think of the future, meaning Mm -hmm. like for high school, we knew we couldn't financially afford and we're in like a normal school district, meaning like there's no reason as far as like, safety wise, or, you know, some of those things that you hear about some school districts, like there's no reason why he couldn't. It's just, we really loved the experience and the Christian education. And I just didn't think it would be fair to him to, I could, we could have kept him there through middle school, but then high school there was, we had to make the jump. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want it to be a traumatic experience, just going from a tiny little bubble into like a, cause a high school that they they're huge. They're big here. And, um, so that was another point. Like I thought I was okay. Like I knew the transition was coming and I really thought like, okay, like I painted a good front to him. Like, yeah, you're going to a new school. You're going to meet new buddies. You're going to ride the bus. Like it's a new day. I really painted a really positive picture on the outside for him. But on the inside, I was just like, I don't like, this feels awful. Like I'm scared to death. he's going in a completely different environment. And I wanted more flexibility for him because Mm -hmm. I was never home before I was never home. And so I, it It made sense to really. And I had wanted to leave um, prior, but just financially um, Mm -hmm. it wasn't financially. I was going to wait till everything was perfect on paper, like X amount saved, everything paid off, like da, 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 da. And I will tell you how it happened. Um, my mom says it was an epiphany. And I, if she says it, I believe it because she, she knows her stuff and she's <laughs> a very devout woman. I'm like, okay, mom, if you say so. But I literally was in a huge coordination meeting at work with like 20 or 30 people in the meeting. And more of the same was going on. Nothing horrible, but just more mm-hmm. of the same. And I kind of just had a moment where it was almost like, the teacher from peanuts where everybody's like, wah, 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 wah. and I was just thinking to myself, like, what am I doing? Like I'm working a ton of hours. I'm running around like a crazy woman, meaning like, you know, hurry up, get to drop them off at school, hurry up, get to work, hurry up, get home. You know, just everything kind of felt like a fire drill. Um, you know, and we have a lot going on in our household with other things. And it was just a moment, Haley, where I was sitting there and I just really was like, I know I want my business. I know in time I do want to focus on my business a hundred percent. Like I had, I had already knew that, like I said, the, the financial part was the part that was kind of slow coming. Cause as you know, it's life. You always have something breaking around the house. There's always something financially that you have to pay for. And so But that moment in that meeting, I just said, you know what? I'm done. And it was just really, it was calm. It wasn't like out Mm -hmm. of anger. It wasn't like a knee jerk. And I texted my husband because, you know, of course we had many conversations about it. And I said, I I think I'm done. And he he was just like, thank goodness. Because I think he was just tired of like, you know, (laughs) hearing. so funny? Yes. Oh my God. I feel like we're the same person. Yeah. Because he goes, and it was a Wednesday and he goes, okay put in your notice today. And I said, no, I said, I can't. Cause it was a week. We had a week's worth of coordination meetings mm-hmm. Friday. I was supposed to present to the CEO of the company. I'm like, no, I cannot put in my notice right now and have to look at this person on Friday. I will yeah. like feel, I said, no, I said, 
I want the weekend too, just to like, just to double, double check, like just to, and you know what, Haley, I knew it was right because I didn't even think about it. I didn't even really think about it over the weekend. Honestly, when I, um, when I went back in Monday or when I woke up Monday, I was kind of like, Oh no, like I got to go in and tell my team. Like I, like I knew that hard conversation had, cause I had kind of like moved on. Like it felt right. It was, I was not scared. Mm-hmm. It was like, I had moved, made the decision and I was right with it. So it was like done. Yeah. And then when I had to go wake up Monday and I was like, Oh no, I got to go in there and talk to the girls. And I really loved my team of girls that I was leading and um that reported into me they're some of the best girls that i've worked with and um love them dearly like it was yeah it hurt me it hurt me to go in and tell them because i knew it would be an upsetting moment for them and me and Mm -hmm. kind of felt like i was leaving them and you know and that's it felt horrible um but it just really had gotten to the point where I just wanted more for myself and my family and my life. And if I was working, I was willing to risk investing a hundred percent in myself. Like if I'm going to be working this much and Mm -hmm. I already was, I was like, you know what? I'm ready to invest a hundred percent in myself so then I could have more flexibility. And it's been amazing. He's had a great transition this year. He's happy. He's well adjusted. And um, you know what? I'm here sitting at my computer when he walks in at three 15 and yeah. that's been a novelty. That's never happened. Like he's 12 yeah. now and I've never been here this much. Yeah. Isn't and, that, that's so interesting about the thing I am, you know, hearing is like your husband saw that you <laughs> needed to quit before you did, you know? And I think that's, you know, something that I struggle with a lot is oh. just, pushing through, pushing through. And I also want to, you know, get back to what you said about it took you three and a half years of, of grinding it out and, you know, just waking up and grinding it out. And I think a lot of people who are starting businesses or, or who like maybe romanticize this idea of what it's like to own your own business, think, you know, maybe look at someone like you or I, or someone who owns a business and goes, Oh, like you must've had a lot happened for you or like, you know, like, gosh, how, how lucky you are. And it's like, Oh, there is no luck involved. This is all just, I mean, of course God's blessing, but this is just hard work. Like no part of this has been, it just falls into place. And you know, and Haley, like I do feel like, of course, um, yeah, my husband had, and he was just so glad when I finally was like, I'm done. Cause he was like, thank God, like almost like tired of healing. But I think as women, we do push through because we are wives. We are moms. We are caretakers. Like we keep the families going. Mm-hmm. And, and I say that because, and you know, I'm very lucky. Like my husband has always been super involved. Um, yeah. You know, we've all maybe had friends or, or heard of stories where their husbands don't help or like, mm-hmm. I have been super blessed because from day one, he has been hands-on, yeah. you know, he does housework. Like, you know, it's not just me like a hundred percent doing all the laundry and doing, you know, I'm very lucky, but I just feel like as women, that's the role that we take that we are nurturers. We want to keep the family together. We want to make sure everyone is taken care of. And a lot Mm -hmm. of times before us, Mm -hmm. and I would say too, for me and for women, I think, um, we're, it's hard for us to take risk. 
Like I was making a very nice salary in corporate. And honestly, I wish I could just be happy with the paycheck. You know what I mean? Like, like Jackie, just be happy with the paycheck. You're making a nice earnings. Mm -hmm. You have life insurance, you have benefits, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't my own life. So, but I think as women, we are, we put ourselves last. So we don't even think to dream what, like think for a second to dream like, Oh, I really want to do this because then it's close. It's closely followed by, I can't do that. When do I have time? Yeah. And, and you're right. Like I totally agree with, with what you're saying. Like this has been like a brick by brick building. Like you build a few bricks a week and then next week you put that layer of mortar down and you come back and add in a few more. And you know, it's hard. Cause I do think Haley, especially in social media, you hear this, hustle, work hard. Um, and then you're going to bear the fruits of that labor. And for me, like, I know that my hard work will pay off in time Mm -hmm. and, but it's not immediate. And I think it's hard because in this social media culture, it's hustle, work hard now, because then it's like that success comes more quickly mm-hmm. and you're right. Like it isn't glamorous there. I mean, right. and sometimes it really does just, it, it has to take, there isn't a shortcut. And sometimes it really is just like, and I think maybe more times than not, there are of course people who, you know, have, have sort of a stroke of luck and find success overnight. It, it appears not overnight, literally, but maybe no, you're right. real quickly and yes. say they get an investor or something in the, that kind of a business. Um, but most of us, most small business owners are not taking out loans. We're mm-hmm. just, you know, we're just nope. putting the profits from each little item that oh we make goodness. at $10 to go buy more fabric that, that to go to Hobby Lobby and buy the yeah. stuff for the next product, you know, it's yeah. like, that's what it has looked like for me. And, and, you know, I've been doing the bridal accessory business for seven years and, um, and it has just been, yeah, like you said, brick by brick and it's- yeah, I think, brick. you know, we, we tend to maybe idolize and romanticize yes, this overnight sensation. Like you're saying the hustle, if yes. hustle uh, then the faster I work, the faster I'll find success. But sometimes it is like, you've got to be in it for the long haul and this isn't overnight and that success may come, but it is going to, you know, you've got to show up day after day, year after year. It and is, and especially is. when you're talking about transitioning from a job, like, Oh, I have known people that have asked me, um, you know, how do I know when it's right, when it's time to quit my job? Like I, I started an Etsy shop or I started a business. When, when can I quit my job? And I'm yeah. like, well, like, how much money are you making? They're like, well, like, I mean, I'm not really selling yet, but when can I quit my job? I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> like if you want to be making, if you need to eat, then you can't quit your job for a long time. Like you, it- Exactly. And it's like, I kind of, I hate those hustle memes that I see in social media. (laughs) Like I'm like, I might see one more hustle, but, but on the other hand, like my message though, to women and, and any men, but I say, especially to women, because I feel like we put ourselves last Mm -hmm. and we don't allow ourselves to dream just because again, if we have family, we're the caretakers. But so my message is to women, like it does take hard work. And I wasn't gifted. Like I didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs. I don't have a trust fund. Like I am Mm -hmm. totally an average Jane. And my point is if I can do it, you can do it. Like I didn't have any special. Yeah. I happened to, I happened to start a business that's in fashion and that was my background, but 
I would say so much of starting a business is truly the business aspect and not yes. so much like what you're making. Like I find myself now, like I need to be creating 20% of the time and then the yes. 80% like 80%. marketing, yeah. the, the yeah. emailing, the blogging, the, mm-hmm. you know, everything else that goes with it, like content planning, all of that. Mm-hmm. So maybe I had a slight advantage just because my background was fashion design and I did open a business that is still in that realm. But I would say just based on everything else, like I didn't come, I didn't have examples around me when I was growing up of like an entrepreneurial lifestyle. I came from, my parents worked their whole life. Like my dad was at the same job, like worked as 40 years or whatever and retired. My mom was a nurse and, you know, just very, You know, you get your job and you work it through and then you retire. Um, And as far as financially, I, I did not have any like special secret, like stashes of money. And, and like I said, I saved what I could. And honestly, so I did have some money when I left, but I don't want to make, like, I did not have as much saved when I left as I wanted to, Mm -hmm. but honestly it was it was a leap of faith, but it was, um, it was a well-planned one. Like, cause like I said, my business did not sprout overnight. It wasn't like my Etsy shop had been open three months. And then I was like, I'm just doing it. Like, it sounds like it was more like a step of faith, you know, versus a leap. It, it was, was, like, it was a step. yes. Thank you. Yeah, you're right. It was a step yeah. and I had been building the framework for it. And also that's why, um, when it came time to leave and it felt right. Like I just knew, cause I'd prayed, I prayed and talked to like, I had just so much like, God, show me when the time is right. Just show me when the time is right. Because of course, like there had been, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There had been times since I had started the business, even if it's even in, a, in its infancy until when I left, I was like, you know what? I'm so done. Like, yeah. I just want to leave my job. Like I will be honest. I don't want to paint paint it that it was all like rainbows and unicorns and that I was living like the dream. Um, I, you know, um, there was many times I was like, Oh, I just want to quit. Like, you know, I'm tired of the rat race and I'm tired of, you know, all the things that come with the job, coworkers that aren't nice, the lots of hours, the stress. Yeah. Um, but I, it didn't feel right. It yeah. did not, it did not feel right. And I knew that I was not going to be able to leave my job until I was really at peace, meaning like that I wasn't going to be jumping ship just to leave my day job. If that makes sense. I'm like, I knew that everything would not be lined up until I was really just at calm and at peace with where I was. And then the opportunity I was waiting literally for like that signal or, you know, you hope to like hear that whisper from God. And I didn't necessarily have a whisper, but I will tell you that experience that I had in that meeting that day was like really like the light mm-hmm. at the end of the tunnel where mm-hmm. it was like, it was really weird being like, I, I kind of went into that bubble and I heard everyone in the room just, what, 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 you know, it was really like, and it was, a yeah. it was a, and I, I honestly, I've never had that before. It was yeah. really, um, it was really a neat experience. And I felt like I almost felt a, just a big sigh of relief, like a, a weight had yeah. been lifted off of me because until that moment, it is stressful. Cause you're like, when am I going to leave? How can I leave? Can I even leave this job? Like, 
Yeah. I'm so financially, you know, like we have bills, we have a mortgage, we have everything. Like then you start to kind of back up and say, can I even do this? Like, what am I thinking? I've, I've got X amount, like my water bill, my cable, but you know, it's really easy to start to say, how can I do this? Um, Yeah. And especially when you, you know, you had a, you had, you were advanced in your career, like you were established and you had, you know, you had, like you're saying a son and school and all of these things, you know, on your radar. Um, and the responsibility, the weight of that, you know, yeah. and, and being so established, I bet there was times where you were like, am I throwing away everything I've worked yeah. for, for something yes. that's an unknown? And it, it that's so scary. And it, unless you've been <sighs> on the edge of that precipice, I don't know if you can feel if, you know, I don't know if someone can identify with the weight of that decision. Um, and, and I'm not I, sure I, I can because I, you know, I, I didn't have kids even when I, when I started and kind of left and, yeah. but there was even less for me on the line there, but yeah, it's, it's definitely scary. And I, it was scary. Cause I'll be honest. I, um, my title when I left was a design director, which, mm-hmm. you know, those positions, like it takes you forever to get promoted and, mm-hmm. and I had worked really hard. So, you know, you have a sense of pride, like, geez, I've worked really hard. Um, I'm making a nice salary. And then you're right. Like, um, it can be unsettling because I knew, I knew in high school that at an early stage in high school that I wanted to go to college for fashion design. Like I knew that. So it's kind of like, I knew that that was the path I was going on. Um, even I had started fashion design school before my husband and I get married. So then even getting married and then going with him to a place that where I couldn't finish my fashion design degree. Like I was then when we, when he got out of the military and we landed here in Columbus and there was a place I could finish my fashion degree, like, man, I was bound and determined I was going to do it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you're right. And I think the other thing, Haley, like if I can encourage anyone, like it's never too late. Like I'll be honest, like I'm 44, like I am not 20. I'm not 30. I have a 12 year old. Um, so in a way, like I feel like I'm on my second career, you know, cause this is, it's not, it's starting over in a way. Um, if you think yeah. of it financially, like if you think of it that, but I'm here to just tell anyone, like I am not, I didn't come from any special, you know, you know, that anything special that gave me a leg up on this, mm-hmm. but it's totally possible. And I think dream your dream. If there's something that has been kind of nagging you, like if you like to bake and you feel like, you know, the world needs your cupcakes or whatever it is. Um, it's usually the thing that keeps coming back over and over. If you like to paint, it's usually that thing that, or if you like to write, maybe you like to write short stories when you were, you know, younger, and then you just kind of got away from it because of Mm -hmm. just the busyness of life. It's usually those things that keep coming back up to you. Like I just encourage anyone, like, don't, don't push the down. Don't Mm -hmm. ignore it. Like, and yeah, it may have to be a gradual process, um, yeah. but I think it's good. I'm leery of anyone who has who kind of takes it as an all or nothing proposition. Like meaning, like, I, well, if uh, I can't if I can't quit my day job and work on this full time, then I'm not going to do it. Like I'm leery of that because I think anything that's worth working for, like it takes it takes yeah. some time. And yeah. I think as a small business owner, you're so right. Like it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. It's absolutely so it should take time. Um, right. So, and I think if you have an unrealistic expectation that it's going to happen within a year, 
that's amazing if it does happen within a year and you right. have a viral post or, you know, all those yeah. things that tend yeah. to be highlighted, like, right. Oh, a celebrity picked up my dress off of Etsy, you know, like yeah. if that happens, that's amazing, yeah. but that's not the norm. It's kind of like, um, I don't know if you've heard this before, but this it's marketing advice. Um, never act like it's going to be your best year. You know, always act like you are, you know, like it's not going to be your best year. Even if it is fiscally, if you see you're on track to like, you'd be doubling your, your net revenues or whatever, like never act and have the attitude that like, Oh, it's going to be our best year ever. Because the (laughs) second you do that, you know, everything's going to fall apart and you're going to be like, what happened? Like we're, we're not making sales and everything fell, fell apart. And I'm just, yeah, I, I think that's good advice we can get excitable of course yes. us, and not that you shouldn't enjoy it and celebrate it, but like it just, it doesn't, um, you know, there's no guarantees and to keep no. plugging away and keep doing the yep. hard work and keep showing up and, and trusting that the long game is that your skills are getting out into the world. And like you said, if there's something inside of you that keeps coming up, there's yes. a reason like that was not an accident. And no not even to mention, you know, the FOMO and regret you'll have later in life if you don't pursue that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, because of what we believe about who we're created by, like we, we can understand that there's a reason you have I, that desire and that skill and that ability. He plants that seed, like honestly, like, and yeah. I think for me, the seed of like not feeling creative at work and wanting something more for myself, that was a seed that was planted. Yeah. Um, so sometimes like, unrest or being unsettled is a good thing because it births new opportunities and things like, cause like I said, like, I really wish I could have just been happy getting that paycheck. Like, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I, I wasn't, there's an unrest and an unsettledness. And I think for me too, like, I didn't want any regrets. Mm-hmm. meaning like my son was going into middle school, which I don't know about you, but I think middle school was like the grossest, even more so than high school. Like just because I think there's so much transition in the kids and And nobody knows who they are. And no, it's off. Oh, it's the worst. And so like a million dollars. No, no, not a million. I wouldn't even No, I'd be like, no, you can keep your million dollars because I don't want anything (laughs) to do with it. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't, I had already felt like for the first 12 years, I was not around for him, meaning like. Mm I was traveling on his birthdays, not every year, but you know, there was birthdays. I was traveling. I can count on my hand, the amount of school activities that I got to go to during the day, just because I didn't have the type of job where I could leave. I'm super busy. Right. And so I think it was a big milestone for me saying, Oh my gosh, like he's going into middle school. Like after that, you've got, you've got like seven years total, like between the three years of middle school and then high school. But really, once they get into high school and they start driving and they start get to get their friends, they're already kind of moving on from you, which is the natural progression. So I'm, I felt for me with my son that these middle school years were going to be are going to be really important because he's not driving yet. He doesn't have kids that are older yet in his life where he's out in a car with them. These are like really important years that I can be around and hopefully get him through if his middle school years end up being gross, like mine were like, I hope then I can be here for that. And I just didn't want any regrets. Um, and like I said, like now I'm 44, but I knew that the older I was going to be like, I knew that like, if I didn't take the risk now, 
come in my fifties, there's just no way. Cause then you're like, okay, I'm going to retire in my sixties. So I can't make this leap in my fifties. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was kind of like a now, now or never, now yeah. or never, which, but I would, again, I would encourage any person who's listening that's mm-hmm. in their fifties or sixties there. It's really never too late. Um, yeah. because I think I was just talking with a friend today and this was such a great conversation because she, um, she's her own business she has her own business. And she was just saying, you know what? I don't know about you, but I don't plan on retiring. And we kind of talked about that because she's like, I love what I do. So I want to try and do it as long as I can. And I said, you know what? That's really awesome. I agree. Like if I was going to stay in corporate, like people retire out of jobs that they're not fulfilled from. Exactly. So I, and maybe you can relate to this now, like you'll just do it as long as you feel like doing it and it fulfills you. And maybe you know, like maybe for me, I will open another business down the road, but yeah. I, um, it's a part of who you are. And if it's something that you were created to do, why would you stop doing that thing? But, and that's, I do like back to the whole blessing. Like I feel like mm-hmm. I was blessed with a gift, a creative gift yeah. that, you know, and that's why that seed of maybe restlessness or mm-hmm. unhappiness was planted because God wants us to use our gifts. Yeah. And I, but I think, a lot of times we can kind of push those down or ignore them. Um, And like what you're saying is, um, is really good. And to the mom who's listening or the woman who's listening, who feels like, okay, I feel that, but what if I can't get started right now? Or what if like, I don't feel like I have any time or I'm not at a place where I can like, um, I can really invest what it would take to get started. I think, you know, I don't know what you would say to that. I think my gut reaction would be, you know, take one small step. What's the next right right thing you can do? You don't have to say, I'm going to launch an Etsy business. And here I go. You know, what's one thing you can do? Because I guarantee you, if you want it, you'll find a way. I agree. And I don't, we are really good. um, Myself included with making excuses, but we all have the same amount of hours in the day. Mm -hmm. And especially in this digital technology world, we all spend at least 15 to 30 minutes. I'm being very conservative looking oh, at our phones yes. yeah. that you could get up. You could get up even a half an hour early. I'm not even saying oh, hours yeah. early. Right. And just, if you are a writer, then journal for 15 minutes at the mm-hmm. beginning of the day, fit journal 15 minutes at the end of the day. Like I started out really gradually, like where I was just dying pieces of fabric, like to get back in it. Like I wasn't making garments at that point. I was like, it was very gradual. Um, so that's where I, again, if I can do it, anybody can do it because it, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of your priorities. And I think if you want it bad enough, you'll figure it out. Like, yeah. I don't know about you. Um, you know, I don't, I have our shows, like my husband and I, like I would say our guilty pleasure is after our son is in bed, we sit down and we get to watch one like 45 minute show together. Thank yes. God for like Hulu and DVRs. Yes. We have that one 45 minutes. We're like true crime buffs. We love our, you know, yeah. we love our law and order or whatever. So we sit down and that is like our time yeah. together. And yeah. it's that 45 minutes after our son has gone to bed and we kind of sit there and vegetate like, yeah. So if you need we, that. <laughs> yeah, but we need, but so that's what I mean. Like, and it, it does mean sacrifices. It yeah. does mean sacrifices. Um, it means, it means sacrifices like that you, 
you know, in reality, it's not, it's not always pretty. Like sometimes it actually means saying no to, you know, seeing friends on a Friday night. Yeah. Now I'm not saying or advocating that, you know, you throw away your friendships and give up everything. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that sometimes you are in a season of, you know, of hibernation. You go inwards, you have to build, build, build. You're like, it's like a beaver building his house for the winter and you're storing away and And then you can come out of that a little bit, you know, maybe it's a month, maybe it's a couple, yeah. months, maybe it's six months. I don't know what it is, but, and yeah, I'm not trying to advocate that no. you know, go and become a workaholic, but just, no. the, you know, I've had it, to go to social events when yeah. I had, you know, 15 open orders and all, when I was working full time, all I had was Friday yeah. and Saturday night yep. you know, and, um, and Sunday to work on them. I was like, I don't, I'm, I can't. And it was, I, can't. I would cry even like, I would yeah. be very sad. Like, man, this sucks. Like, I hate this. And, yeah. It's like, why am I doing this? Yeah, this is so like, dumb. This is <laughs> like, why did I choose this? And yeah. yeah, you feel, you can feel trapped in that. But, uh, but ultimately I, I think that when you're, when you're working towards a bigger goal of doing something that you love, that you know, God's given you, and it's something that's entrusted to you. I think it, it does kind of um, temper and kind of wash over all of those little, uh, you know, those little frustrations and those little losses. And it gives you a bigger purpose that you're working towards. And, and it's not always like that. I mean, it's not. I 100% agree. And it's kind of like, it's really no different than like your life before you had kids and then after. And I don't know, like, Mm. I know when we had our son, there was people that we were still very close with that at the time weren't even in a serious relationship, let alone like married or even have kids of their own. So I know it was kind of like that, like the people that weren't in a similar situation with us when we had our son, because, you know, it's overwhelming and you're trying to figure out motherhood and, you know, the sleep schedule, the people who understood and stuck around and didn't kind of have an issue with that where people in a similar position. And I would say the friendships that fell away, it was hard at that time, but maybe those just weren't the best friendships to begin with. Because what I was going to say is I, when I was doing my business and like I said, it was ramping up my, I, my friends, I was telling them like, Oh, I'm doing two new shows next month. Or, you know, I got in orders or I'm making so many Christmas presents or whatever. And I would say like my friends knew what was going on or why I wasn't socializing or the kind of demands I was on. Like, Oh my gosh, like I worked every night this week till seven at my day job, which then meant I didn't get home till almost eight. And then I'm so backed up that this Friday and Saturday I have to, or this Saturday and Sunday, I have to just work, die. So that's all I can do. And you know what? I am in a much better place now mm-hmm. where, um, you know, because of my flexibility, if a girlfriend wants to meet for coffee, like at 12 o'clock on a Tuesday, that is one of the perks of entrepreneurship. Yes. I can go for an hour and, um, you know, meet her for coffee. So it's kind of like paid off, you know, yeah. Yeah. like, yes, there were definitely years and times there where I'm just like, I can't, like, I just can't afford to take mm-hmm. four hours on a Saturday night to do a girl's wine night yeah. and, and it hurt because then I'd see their pictures up on social media and I'm like, Oh, they look yeah. like they had such a great time. And yeah. I was in my basement dying. And yeah, you know, the dream, the dream has a cost. It, it definitely has a cost that comes with it. And I, and just back to the point, what can people do? Like, you're right. Take that small step. But I think it's like, 
setting those baby goals. Like I'm going to take 15 minutes each day mm-hmm. to either research my baking. If you want to do a new line of cupcakes or, or I'm going to research knitting tutorials or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like, I think we can all find 15 minutes to a half an hour each day. Um, and I would even go and say probably two hours. Like if you could find an yeah. hour in the morning before you go to your day job, if you're lucky enough to get a lunch break, which my, I didn't always get a lunch break, like mm-hmm. to be honest, like, I, so I couldn't even use my lunch break as mm-hmm. time, but then you can probably find a half an hour on your lunch break. Can you find a half an hour in the evening? I think it's just, um, it's no different than like when you're not on a diet, like you eat whatever you want, whenever you want, without even like realizing what mm-hmm. you've ingested. But then when you feel like you're on a diet, you're like, Oh my gosh, I only get this much to eat. Whereas like, I think when you're aware of things and really tracking time or food, you can find those times that you can carve in and, and just say, I'm going to take 20 minutes here on my lunch Mm -hmm. break to, you know. And it's a lot of times those little chunks of time, like just stealing time from your day that, um, that move the needle more than you would expect. Like I've found, you know, because it's almost like I, I'm the type of person that in college, like I procrastinated to write a paper yeah. until like the night before because yeah. I, I would do what had to be done within the bare minimum amount of time that I needed to do it. So if I know, you know, a paper's going to take me six hours, um, I'm just going to wait yeah. until, you know, yeah. I, I have my six hours. And so I think you get, you're more efficient a lot of times when you only have, okay, 30 minutes, it's, it's that, you know, chunking time out and going, what can I do in 30 minutes? Well, I can send two emails inquiring to see if anybody would be interested in this service or I can email my friends and tell them, Hey, I'm interested in doing this. Do you know anyone who you could share my name with and that would hire me or whatever it may be? I mean, I've done that with bridal, with web design, with, um, you know, everything that I've ever put my hand to, I've, you know, just tried to kind of move the needle a little bit. A lot of times it's, it's those types of actions that do more than they even do. what what you're doing when you're sitting around for six hours working, you know, and oh, feeling productive. I, so I total I was a machine, Haley. Like, oh my gosh, like I look yeah. back and every second I was a machine. And now yeah. like I I like and I'm still really productive right now. I don't want to paint the picture, but like I'll be honest, like if I see I'm looking at my schedule and if I've scheduled in like reconcile expenses, like because that's like my least favorite thing to do. Uh-huh, me too. <laughs> I'm really good at bumping that to the next day yeah. or till the end of the week because I know I'll have the time to do it. Whereas before I'm like, nope, that was my half an hour to reconcile yeah. those expenses. If I don't get them done right now. It could be another whatever. Mm-hmm. So I will, yeah, I totally agree that those really like laser focused gazelle like intensity, as Dave Ramsey, Dave Ramsey likes yes, to say, yeah. it's it makes you so focused because um, it just you're tuning out every distraction, and you're like, I've got a half an hour to find three resources or what, like, and you will get it done. I totally yeah. agree because now that, you know, I have more of a, more time to work on my business. Like I admit it, those things I don't like, like reconciling those expenses or the finance part. I'm like, Oh, I could probably wait till tomorrow. Like instead of just getting it done. Thank you so much, Jackie. It's been so fun talking with you and I'm so glad that I found you. And I Uh, actually love, I mean, 
not like it's a surprise, but I, I want some of this tie dyed stuff. So I'm going to have to go shopping. <laughs> well, you know what, Haley, please do. I've got, um, I've got racks here in the house that I would, they need new homes. So I, I would, it. it's so fun. It's a really cute for summer too. So there's a little plug for your business. Dietology. Uh, well, thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. And, um, I, I enjoy it. I'm wearing it. So yeah, I mean, so cute. I, thank you so much. And Haley, it's been a pleasure. I've, I've enjoyed our talk. So thank you yeah. so much. Well, and then where, where can people find you? Is Instagram the best place for them to follow you? Sure. Um, I have the, all the social media handles under Dietology, which is okay. D-Y-E-T-O-L-O-G-Y. Okay. I would say that Facebook and Instagram um, are the best places. Um, mm-hmm. I do check all my messages and DMs. And then, of course, the website, which is just www.dietology.com. Okay. Um, I do have like an email contact, you know, get in contact there. But, um, so yeah, people can just reach out, drop me a line and, or say hello. I love, I, I love to meet new people. And so they can drop yeah. me a line if they want. To. Well, I like the shirt you're wearing. Cause we're for everyone that's listening, we're on video and I, I really like oh. the shirt you're wearing. So I'm gonna have to find that one. Oh, perfect. So this is the Aquarius easy shirt. And what I okay. love about these is that I don't like anything clinging to my middle because that's uh-huh. where I, I gain yep. my weight. So it's like really flowy. Yeah. But like you can kind of tuck it in and do, yeah. or do like a little knot. Um, oh I have gosh, a lot of women it. and it. it's a little bit longer in the back, which wow. um, I have found. I had a woman who summed it up perfectly. She's pear shaped mm-hmm. and she's always afraid of things like pooling across her booty. She said, yeah. but this shirt is perfect because it kind of has a little bit of a flow to it. So she's like, it fits perfectly over my hips and my butt. And I'm um, like, well, yeah. it, and I love it because I I'm opposite. I gain my weight in my middle. Yeah, but I like it because it kind of flows and hides it. So I yeah. consider it the perfect shirt for every woman. <laughs> you can eat as much uh, Chick Fil A as you need. And at, no at, problem. Wash it down with some yeah. ice cream. You're good. You're you're good. No, I mean just yeah, it's it's really fun stuff. So I do want everyone to go check it out. And um, um, yeah, it's it's beautiful. So good job on that. Well, thank you so much. Thank yeah. you, Haley. Well, it's been so fun. And have a good rest of your week. Thanks, Haley. You too. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Guys, Jackie's like my spirit animal. I had so much fun talking with her and I hope that that interview was fun and inspirational to you wherever you're at in your life and work and motherhood. I think it um, speaks to a lot of us no matter where we are. But I do want to let you know now that you've made it to the end of the interview that we are giving away one of the Aquarius Easy Shirts, the one that Jackie was wearing on our interview that I was eyeing the whole time. And we're giving that away over on Instagram. So go follow Kindled Podcast and Dietology, D-Y-E-T-O-L-O-G-Y on Instagram and enter to win this adorable shirt. Go check it out. You're going to love it super fun for summer. Thanks guys. And look forward to that bonus episode tomorrow when you'll get to hear a little more from Jackie and I have a great day.